Hello, everyone, and welcome back to All Things. I'm your host, Francesca, and I just wanted to thank you for tuning into this episode. Uh, to get ahead of any questions, I just want to let everyone know that due to some personal commitments, that Britt um, won't be able to be a part of the podcast full time. Um, but she does plan on making appearances in the future, and I can't wait to have her back um, for some episodes. Um, I plan on bringing on some friends from the L Word fandom, from Twitter, and then some friends that are not a part of the fandom, just to help to expand this podcast into more than just about the L Word. Um, I love media, and I want to focus this podcast on queer films, TV shows, news, like anything that's like really going on and affecting like us as a community. I really want to bring that to this podcast and like talk about it and, you know, not just, you know, I don't know. And it's not just to like have a podcast about it, but I think it's like good for me because I, it helps me be more involved in like my own community. So um, I think that's like really exciting. Um, I also want to like have different people on like that you may know that you may not know to like bring out different experiences and like perspectives of people. Um, I reached out to a few people that I know that are not a part of fandom at all. And like, I just like really can't wait to like talk to them and like have them on and like get their perspectives on, you know, their experiences of being queer and all that. Um, I also want this to be fun and I appreciate all the loyal listeners who have been here from the beginning. And for those of you who choose to stick around and see what I have planned. Creating content has always been what I wanted to do. And working on this podcast is super special to me. I've always, I've always wanted to have a podcast. I've always loved having a podcast. I've like tried to have other ones before. And I really think that if I try hard enough, I could make this one work. So I hope I do it justice. And I hope that I could create something that's worth listening to. So now getting all that housekeeping out of the way, we could jump into this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Um, today's episode, I really wanted to focus on the movie Bottoms. Um, it came out this summer, just recently. Um, I know it's been like a hot topic for a lot of people. And to talk about this movie, I have brought on Diane. She's been on the podcast before to talk about um, Queer Ultimatum. So thank you, Diane, for uh, being here and talking about this with me. Thank you for inviting me. Hello. Hello. Um, I'm super excited. Um, I'm going to tell everyone ahead of ahead of it that before we started recording, I had Diane tell me how to pronounce everyone's name in this movie, and I'm still probably going to get it wrong. But that's yeah, I'm going to let that happen. It's it's fine. It's not a big deal. I think it's part of my charm not being able <laughs> to pronounce things. And if you are someone who texts me frequently, not being able to write a coherent sentence personally I just think it's because my my brain works faster than my than my fingers I mean what wasn't your bio at one point like president of typos or something like that yeah it was something like that yeah oh Diane I also want to say I did save this for the for the podcast I took your recommendation and got the Hawaiian breeze glade glad glade the <laughs> yeah. plugin the plugins, yes. Nice. I, I tried the Hawaiian breeze. I got one for my bathroom and for the living room. So right now my apartment smells like Hawaii. It smells like a, a dainty little island, island yeah. fresh. Yes, very, very, very cool. That's not my favorite one, but yeah, it's definitely uh, one of my one of my top fragrances for sure. I had it's limited selection. Fragrance. It was like Hawaiian breeze, 
something blue and then like something green and I was like I'm not feeling either of these let me let me try the Hawaiian breeze so nice so we're, we're yeah. doing that all right so everyone let's get into this movie um if you haven't seen the movie stop listening yeah spoiler alert it's we're going to be talking about the whole movie so lots of spoilers um I already had to warn Celine that she can't listen to this until she watches the movie I was so excited because I have my little rundown. I was like, you want to see my little thing? And she's like, I haven't seen the movie yet. And I said, oh, darn. <laughs> so, well, I mean, just, you mean like the the graphic that you made? No, like by actual like notes. <laughs> oh, the notes. Okay, gotcha. Well, I, Celine likes to be spoiled. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if she listened to us before she went and saw it. We love you, Celine. That's true. But Sorry about your bite marks on your leg. <laughs> That was funny. I've gotten so there's so many funny comments from last week's episode, but so hopefully it was we can, a good one. Yeah. I'm hoping to get her on again for like a part two about it, but we need to like let some we need like a let a month or two pass to see if either of us get any more crazy hinge stories. That so, would be amazing. That would be amazing. All right, everyone. Bottoms the movie. Bottoms the movie. Bottoms the movie. It came out um August 2023. Um, it started in like select theaters, major cities, and then it opened up into more markets and it's opening up into more markets now. Um, it is directed by Emma Selgerman. No, Selgman. Selgman. Okay. Uh, it is uh, unpopular best friends, PJ and Josie, start a high school fight club to meet girls, lose their virginity, and lose their virginity. They soon find themselves in over their heads when the most popular students start beating each other up in the name of self-defense. It stars Rachel Sennett and Ayo Adebari. Okay. Uh, it has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and an 89% audience score. I... I think this this film was highly anticipated by by people, and I don't think it disappointed. What do you think? Yeah, um, you hear the term coming of age a lot. It's mm. it's it's usually a term that's reserved for movies about high school kids or teenagers in general, which um, I guess is pretty accurate. Like I guess um, in the '90s and the early aughts, you had movies like. Not another teen movie. Can't hardly wait. Never been kissed. Um, super bad. All those kinds of movies. And I think those, the, like that amalgamation of that genre, is really kind of explored in this film. And like, not another teen movie is probably the closest one to it because it's kind of a parody. Yeah. Like this is certainly, it's it's kind of wacky. It's out there. It's over the top, over the top, over the top is definitely like how I would characterize a film like this. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely super bad for gay girls yeah. or women loving women, however you want to describe yourself. Yeah. Um, my initial thoughts on the film before viewing it was like, oh, a goofy movie about lesbians with a cast that I love um, with people that I've like seen before and other things. I did see one weird take on Twitter that like was like, oh, maybe I don't want to watch this because someone was like, oh, a movie where a lesbian falls in love with a football player. And I was like, and after I watched the movie, I was like, that literally didn't happen. No. 
so I don't know what this person got out of the trailer that they said that. And I don't remember who said it, not that it matters. But I remember seeing that on Twitter and I was like, oh, so maybe we shouldn't be celebrating this movie. Maybe this oh, movie- was it someone like in like within our fandom or like? It was someone like adjacent to the fandom. Oh, okay. Like someone definitely that had like definitely like a lesbian within the genre of lesbian Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean- let's be honest sometimes people just really want to be mad like they're addicted to being mad at things especially in media and so I think that you know you can't really judge a a movie by a trailer or a tv show by a trailer yeah like I've seen movies with really decent trailers that were really shitty movies so Mm -hmm. you know and I know there's like still people that like refuse to see this for some reason, whether it be uh, there's discourse on Twitter. I haven't seen any discourse about this movie on Twitter other than people liking it. Um, so I don't know what that is about. Um, and then there's people that are like, it just looks dumb. And I'm like, okay. But everybody loves dumb movies. Like Step Brothers is a dumb movie and people love that movie. Like this is just like a dumb movie for gay people to enjoy. Exactly. And I mean, it has a decently happy ending, if you could call that a happy ending. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, like, some of my thoughts after watching the movie then was, like, I wish I had something like this when I was in high school. Like, yeah. having a movie where the characters are just lesbians and there's no, it's not, like, them coming out. It's not them, mm-hmm. their struggle of being gay. They're just gay. And, like, right. how refreshing is that just to have, like, lesbian characters in a movie that are teenagers well playing teenagers that are just like and it's not a big deal and it's not a big deal like it's just the movie yeah well I'm much older than you Fran so I yeah definitely having something like this whereas like movies like can't hardly wait and super bad like being gay was kind of like a shitty thing or a bad thing like it, Mm -hmm. it was looked down upon Whereas this is, there's, these characters are looked down upon, but it's like a different, it's a different spin on the parody of being gay in high school, honestly. And and it's, it's, I, I love it. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's great. They even say it in like the beginning of the movie. It's like, they're not, po- they're not, not popular because they're gay. They're unpopular because they're gay and untalented. Yeah. Gay, like, gay and ugly and untalented. Gay, gay, ugly is, and untalented. That, that was the, the first line. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like um, you show like a male gay character walking by and it, everyone's praising him. Everyone loves him. Yeah. But, and I think that that's an interesting, I mean, just from the jump, that's an interesting, we're, we're skipping over the entire opening scene, but, we'll but just to talk about, but just to talk about how they walk by at the carnival, they walk by the gay guy who's like really super supported by everybody. And he's like high-fiving people when, when they walk by, because they're like, what was he like in a play or something? And they're like, yeah, he you're was so like great. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's kind of the difference in the queer woman experience and the Mm -hmm. queer male experience and how the queer males are kind of revered in society while queer women just kind of get, you know, left behind in terms of, we can even talk about how like, you know, Eileen Chaikin fought Showtime for getting the L word on and they said, no, 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 pass, 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 pass queers folk comes along and that gets green lit right away so it's like it's it's always the males first that oh, they get their their shot you know I think even um, to like other content like straight people are more likely to watch gay men content like a yeah. show with two gay men than 
a show about lesbians. You can't, it's hard to get a wide audience to watch a lesbian show, but you put gay men in a Hallmark movie, they're eating it up. (laughs) That's because straight women love gay men. That is so true. Yeah, and that's it. I think straight women are intimidated by gay women. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Not that either one of us can really like say one way or another about that, but no, yeah. Having, um, Having had experiences with straight women in that way for sure like but it's you know and it's it's the same for men though you know like some straight men don't want to be hit on by gay men so that's kind of like a universal for straight people in general yeah because they don't want to be they they don't want to they might not have a problem with yeah homosexuality but they don't want to be hit on like they don't want to be you know they don't it's it's but this movie kind of spins that. that. It does that, spin it. Yeah. And that's and that's that's why it's so good. Yeah. So, so let's I, jump to the opening scene where we meet our characters. We meet our heroes. Yeah. So we have we have PJ. So the main characters in this whole thing, there's more, but the main characters you have PJ, Josie, Hazel, Isabel, Brittany, and Jeff. Right. Okay. So, so in our opening scene, we meet PJ and Josie in the bedroom getting ready for this pre-school carnival mm-hmm. that they're going to. And they're having this discussion. We learn and it's established that they're gay virgins with no riz. Is that, is that what, what you kids call it these days? Riz? I think that's what they call it. I had to ask someone once. <laughs> it's short for charisma, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. At least that makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's an interesting conversation going on about how, you know, PJ's like, are you going to be the only version at Sarah Lawrence next year? Like, you know, they're just really kind of trying to figure out how senior year is going to go for them. And I think it's funny that uh, (laughs) Josie, something about Iowa Debris, like her, first of all, her delivery is just amazing in everything. She's in the bear um she's in big mouth um just the way that she just delivers her lines is is stellar and she talks about the long game (laughs) and the long game is essentially at the 20-year reunion is when she's going to tell the the crush who we assume is straight because she's dating the quarterback of the football team yeah um and she just goes on and on about how she's playing the long game. She's going to see her at the 20-year reunion. She's going to walk in with a suit because she's going to A white suit. Yeah, a white suit, a la Bette Porter. And she's going to basically see I- Isabel. I don't even remember, like, how she put it, but Isabel's just going to be, like, torn up from, <laughs> from she said her washed wife, up. Jeff. Yeah. Washed up. There it is. There it is. Um, um, and so it's just it's just funny to, like, hear her tell this is this is when I'm going to make my move (laughs) it's in 20 years it sounds a lot like me I wasn't gonna get personal (laughs) (laughs) I know you wanted to but anyway um yeah I think what like the delivery of the lines and like I was like a way to like the way that she does a monologue is just yeah brilliant yes and it's good to see her in a role like this compared to the bear. The bear's like so different. And this is like, I don't know. It's just so good. I mean, I feel she's like- She's got range. Yeah. She's like the voice of like our generation, in my opinion. She's amazing. But anyway. Um, I, I think it was, I think it's funny too, because, you know, usually when 
a movie opens, we get a feel for the characters, we're introduced to them, but there's usually something that kind of informs us about like what kind of time period we're talking about here. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't happen in this film. Nope. I think it's important to note that there are no cell phones. Yes. There's mm -hmm. no mention of social media. It, like we really don't know when this is supposed to be taking place no and I love that because one thing that I've noticed that I've always like thought about in my head is like cell phones ruin movie plots so many problems are solved in movies if people just had a cell phone if people had the internet <laughs> if they had social media like so many problems are just magically solved when it comes to like chasing people or looking for people like so I loved, and that was one of the first things I noticed that there was not a cell phone in sight. Mm -hmm. We didn't know what time period it was. And for fun, no, fun fact, I had it in my notes, but the costume designer actually took inspiration from Grease, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Heather's Jawbreaker, and Bring It On for like the costumes and stuff. And I think that really tied in the whole, like, we don't really know what, we don't really know when this is taking place because there's literally elements of like all these different decades and like yeah. time periods mixed together. Even the yeah. cars, like there's like cars yes. from in the background, but then there's like modern cars. And I loved that so much. I didn't see very many modern cars and I was paying attention. I just had my second watch yesterday and I was paying attention to like the, the wide shots that they would have of parking lots. And I would be trying to pick out and I could see like a Toyota here and there. Yeah. But for the most part, everybody drove an old car. Yes. Mm -hmm. I loved that so much. And then we have the dated music too. But I, again, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. Um, so then we get to the carnival. Yes. And uh, Josie and PJ walk into the carnival and they're basically immediately uh, we get introduced to Hazel. Hazel jumps out of nowhere. Hazel's so cute. I love Hazel. Hazel's and amazing. Hazel's like talking to PJ and Josie and uh just like Josie's with in a half-eaten stick of cotton candy. Yes, with a half-eaten stick of cotton candy. Josie's in a in a sling with like a brace on her arm. And so Hazel's asking them about that. And PJ's like, oh, she like ate shit. And Hazel's taking everything literally. And right. PJ's very sarcastic. So PJ's then talking about like, yeah, we went to Juvie and Hazel hears that they went to juvie and just runs with it even no actually hazel they talk about this later hazel asks did you go to oh. juvie and then pj says yeah we went to juvie but she's being sarcastic mm -hmm. and doesn't correct hazel never, correct and so, hazel. never corrects hazel and now hazel just has this idea that they were locked up over summer and runs with it yes so that's what gets our heroes in trouble in the first place yeah so the plot is thickening um now what we do is like when we, when we were in the bedroom scene pj and josie are talking about their crushes pj has a crush on Brittany, and josie has a crush on um isabel and right. isabel and Brittany are best friends they walk they appear and PJ, cheerleaders yes they're cheerleaders and pj like starts panicking she steals his <laughs> cotton candy then she and she's standing there and she's like rambling on to Brittany about the holes in her pants. Yes. Her I love the holes in your pants. <laughs> and then they like start, she starts rambling about like, oh, because then Brittany's talking about throwing up because she can't, like, she doesn't want to eat. And then PJ's like, no, like, you have to, let's get a hot dog and with the bun and this. And Brittany's going, I can't eat a hot dog. I can't do this. And 
it's just like this really awkward flirting back and forth. PJ thinks she's killing the game. Right. She's absolutely not. <laughs> it's the most awkward flirting ever. Like, you know what? I think you can eat this and I think you can digest it. And then I think you can poop it out. Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah. And then Josie looks at Isabel and is like, you're so skinny. You're so like, you're so <laughs> skinny mini. Just gonna, you you should eat something like yeah uh-oh call the doctor we got a skinny girl yeah it's like <laughs> awful it just ends and then it just ends so poorly that they end up giving they steal all the tickets from hazel and just give them to Brittany and isabel <laughs> and they're on their merry way and then yeah. they're going back to their car um or they're in the before quick. we get to the car though let's talk about the fashion pj is in a white collared button down with suspenders over her nipples <laughs> and like five what, cross necklaces yeah and i mean it's it's an iconic look it's you know bet porter sported this look at one point everybody loves this look on bet porter yeah. um but it's britney that says you look like a little dutch boy yeah <laughs> that makes yeah that was a good one and that's and that's what's so funny is that you know you're trying to look cool or you're trying to like make a fashion statement Mm -hmm. and someone just says one thing to just cut you down and it just you feel that in your soul you know what I mean (laughs) yeah I kind of like Josie like always had like on like a long sleeve rugby shirt for like so much of the movie and I I dig that yeah the oversized polo yeah with like the thick yeah Thick vertical stripes is uh, is what she would wear. Um, so then we get introduced to Jeff. Yes. Jeff is the all-star, all-American <laughs> quarterback boy, dumb as a bag of rocks. But mm-hmm. this movie lives in a realm where all we care about is football. The whole town only cares about football. Um and so the football players come running out while they're standing there um, talk, flirting poorly with these girls. Um, and that's kind of like where we get the sense of like what is going on with this town and this school and more of like how this t- entire movie is like this big farce. But right. And yeah. this is another thing. We don't really know where this is taking place. We know that the school is Rockbridge Falls High School. Mm-hmm. But we don't know, is it in a big city? Is it in a small town? Um, Being from California, football wasn't like a huge deal for us. Like it was something to do on Fridays. Um, The freshman team played Thursdays, I think. But like it was it was more of like a social gathering for us rather than like a really keep caring about the game or caring about the team. My my football team when I was in high school sucked. So it was really more about the social aspect for me going and hanging out with my friends. Um, Where I came from, like Friday night, the whole town was at the stadium. It was like the thing to do, the place to be. The town cared so much about the sports, including and football. And, and that seems to be the case in a lot of like Southern towns. Yeah. All along, you know, the what, what the they Bible call the bed. flyover states. Yeah. Yeah, because most of those you know, most of those cities, unlike Texas, like most of those cities don't really have like big um, or access to professional sports. So 
you know, their, their local team is like the best, the next best thing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned early on that Jeff loves MILFs and <laughs> we can't blame him, right? <laughs> can't blame him. <laughs> they, they, they make us all weak. For sure. For sure. And that's kind of how, um, what happens early on to get Isabel pissed at Jeff is because he was flirting with Mrs. Riley and kind of grazed her tit at the carnival. And that's what gets Isabel to race out into the parking lot where PJ and Josie are in their car trying to leave. They're bickering about how they fail. Okay, so they're bickering about how they like failed at flirting. And Josie goes on this huge monologue, <laughs> this fantastic, I wish I could repeat it, about how she's going to have to end up marrying a man who's super religious, like who's also gay. And then they end up having to be religious. And then they have a child. She says she's going to marry that gay guy. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah, the one from school, Ma- 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 Matthew? Maybe. I, I couldn't really hear the name, so I just, I was like, okay. Uh, and then they're going to have a kid, and the kid's going to resent them because the kid knows that they're both fruity <laughs> and this whole thing. And then, like, she's like, PJ, you're going to have to come and visit you me. Visit me on Sunday. <laughs> uh, so good. The delivery is just phenomenal. Um, and then it. they see Isabel walking like angrily towards their car and PJ's like uh Josie invite her in for the car and get her in the car invite her in the car invite her give her a ride like invite her like offer her a ride offer her a ride and uh finally Josie rolls down the window and goes Isabel do you want a safety ride <laughs> safety ride that's hilarious so and she gets Isabel in the car gets in the car and Jeff is pounding on like like your typical meathead dude in high school pounding on the hood get out of the car and then Josie warns him that she's gonna she's gonna pull forward, yeah. and then literally pulls forward an inch and barely touches his knee, mm-hmm. and he falls down like a true football player, <laughs> flopper, uh, or soccer for those of you listening in America, and acts like he's just been run over, <laughs> essentially. His scream. Uh, so it's, so it's a big deal. Yeah. His screams trigger the football team. And this yeah. is we're introduced to Tim, who is like Jeff's like right-hand man. He will like live and die for Jeff. Right. All eating their corn dogs and they hear Jeff's in trouble and they go <laughs> running towards him. I have in my notes, Tim bites the corn dog and then drops it to run towards Jeffrey. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Um. So yeah, so that happens fade to black we come back to the next day at school uh Josie and PJ are walking through the hallways and everyone is giving them death stares they have um what is it on their like locker is it dyke or no it's f word number one and f word number Uh, two but before that but before we even get there PJ is just dreamily replaying the conversation that she had with Brittany at the carnival like Josie wasn't even there. <laughs> it's like, the funniest thing. Like, no, I can't eat the hot dog. And I was like, yeah, yes, you can. You could have it with a bun. And then she's like, no, you have to like, tear it up. Again, that's me. That's me replaying every conversation. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, 
Yes, they get to their lockers. It's obviously been something that's done before. They have slurs on their lockers and the custodian is there to cover them with more blue paint. And PJ's upset that she got number two this year. Number two, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, That's hilarious. They go into class. And what my favorite part about this was when they go into class is, I'm kind of skipping to the end of the scene real quick, but like, I love that class they have the scene the scene's only a few minutes long the scene ends so class has to end and pj goes oh that was a short class <laughs> I they're acknowledging it. that this is ridiculous exactly it's funny and that was like something too like i love that this movie's ridiculous and it knows it's ridiculous and it doesn't give like teen drama the way like a riverdale or like a sex education does it's like it's still like adult enough like even though you're watching high schoolers it's not that like teen drama type of thing right right um so that that's good but i mean it's a comedy it's a comedy and i think it's it's making fun of a lot of different things like it's it's basically you know the whole gay and ugly and untalented is like just a different form it's like a modern homophobia you know what i mean and but yeah, I think it's making, it's even making fun of the Gen Zers and I'm sure we're going to get to that, but um, let's talk about Mr. G and who Mr. G is in real life. Who I bet you don't know who this guy is, do you? No. <laughs> yeah. So his name is Marshawn Lynch. He's a, a former football player. He played for the Seattle Seahawks for a long time. Um, what's interesting about him playing this role that's going to come up a little bit later is that um he was known as beast mode like that was his like title or whatever his um I don't know his nickname Mm -hmm. when he was playing for the Seahawks and one of the famous things about him was that he was really characterized as a difficult player off the field Mm -hmm. but that was because he suffered from social anxiety so one of the most famous uh tapes that you'll find of him is he was, you know, after the football game, like he, they, they go in and they do pressers. And so he basically went to the presser because he didn't go to the one at the last game. Uh And every time somebody asked him a question, all he would say is, I'm just here. So I don't get fined. And somebody else would ask him a question. I'm just here. So I don't get fined. That's all he would say. And so he, he was essentially like, you know, stigmatized as, oh, he's just, he's, a difficult person to work with and work for and things like that. But really it's just, it goes back to like the social anxiety and how that kind of thing in football is stigmatized because we don't want to talk about how players can't handle like the emotional pressure. You know what I mean? Uh So I thought it was really interesting that he decided to, to play a character in this, in this movie about football. Yeah. (laughs) And how beloved football is. Uh He's like, I, I actually really like the character. I think he did a really great job in that role. Because he's not an actor. He's an athlete. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like such, it's so good. <laughs> he's genuine. Um, yeah. But here's the thing. What the fuck kind of class is this? What kind of teacher is he? We don't know. Like yeah. we see, there's like a periodic table of elements posted. And then there's like posters of cells and stuff. 
You're doing so a lot about literature, history, who knows? Yeah, so it's it could be a science class, it could be history. <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah. So yeah, but PJ and Josie go into class, everyone's staring at them. Um oh, what's what's the character's name? I don't know. The one character who's like who yells Slay Queen a lot. She basically Sylvie. Sylvie is basically saying like Oh, oh! You guys went to juvie, like the juve. Then now they know the juvie thing got out, right? Well, the 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 rumor is that essentially Josie beat up Jeff. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of the new rumor that started, which is funny because Isabel is another one of that comes up. It's like I heard you like hit Jeff or something like that. And it's like you were there. <laughs> yeah, like you were there, but she's like so. Yeah, she's like playing that type of like character the forgetful cute girl um so yeah jeff comes into class on crutches so dramatic plops down they all share a few words together and then class is over yeah i don't know if you caught it i i didn't catch it the first time in my second watch in the corner of the classroom oh is the guy in the cage the guy in the cage yes i caught that yeah both times i was like why is there a guy in a cage and then it makes sense at the end of the movie is he's number 66 oh that's another thing so the football players are always wearing their uniforms always wearing their cleats pads jerseys the whole thing the whole thing it's so wild but it's like in all the but you know what that's actually the reverse of when you watch another movie and the cheerleaders are always in their uniforms think about it i never saw bring it on so but i'm not even just talking about bring it on but anytime you like watch a movie about high school i feel like a lot of the times they always have the cheerleaders just walking around their uniforms yeah yeah it's like like a flip psychology because i didn't even know isabel and Brittany were cheerleaders until we get to the the pep rally rally. yeah so i think that's a i think that was i think that was intentional i'm tin i'm tin hatting that was intentional in my opinion (laughs) You're probably right. You're probably right. Oh, here's another thing I wanted to bring up really quickly about Marshawn Lynch. So he, um, after he played for Seattle, he went to the Raiders and just last August in Vegas, he got a DUI. Mm-hmm. I say this, this is important because I used to practice DUI defense, ladies and gentlemen, and ladies and gentlemen. Um, but he got a DUI in Vegas. He was two times the legal limit. <laughs> And his trial is coming up in November. So this is just a PSA. Do not drink and drive. There are so many options available to you listeners now. There's no reason for you to do that. It's so expensive. As a DUI defense attorney or one-time DUI defense attorney, I still do it every now and then. It's just not worth it. Don't do it. But that brings me to another point about this movie. Yeah. There are no drugs or alcohol use in this movie and i think that is fucking amazing and i love that that is i yeah there's no like crazy house party no one's getting drunk trapped no that's that's how it breaks the the teen movie mold is that most of the other movies are focused on getting laid and getting drunk getting drunk and then getting laid yeah this is just focused on getting laid right (laughs) absolutely we're just Uh, talking about horny horny teenagers so the next scene though is them in the hallway oh no then they get called down to the principal's office and he goes and but over the principal's office they say can the ugly gay Gay. 
just the gay and untalented oh can the gay gay and untalented come down to the principal principal's office and like they just know immediate like it's just funny that that's what they're no like it's just so normal that that's what they are at school and I love that aspect of the movie as well and they go to the principal's office and the principal's like yelling because they have this major game against Huntington which is the rival school um it's in 30 days um and they you know how dare they how dare they attack Jeff the all-american white boy and they're trying to like and the principal basically wants to like expel them and Josie jumps up and is like no 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 no. like we were we were and she spits out saying fight club (laughs) what else do you yeah I think the principal's office is an allegory for the patriarchy because you see he's got the buck's head hanging on the wall he's got the two crossed swords hanging behind the the girls He's got a picture of a military a guy in a military uniform. I don't know if it's him or like a dad or something like that. But it's very like this is this is what you're up against. Yeah, it's a mobile dojo casa house. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And so, and and I think that they appeal to his his masculinity by calling it a fight club. Yeah, that's absolutely. how we get here. Oh, absolutely. It was definitely like. they definitely said fight club to get him like triggered into it (laughs) and then like they're like no it's a self-defense then it's like obviously like they have to like say to self-defense and stuff like that but um so basically to get out of being expelled they tell him that it's a fight club and then afterwards they like are talking about it and pj thinks this is the way to get laid right (laughs) and i think as they're discussing the idea at lunch with Hazel two things that I noticed the first thing is the way that the gay way that Hazel is sitting on the bleachers eating uh-huh. her lunch <laughs> with her legs spread and then where where we get the term bottom from so when PJ is explaining you know where their place is on the social ladder of high school we're at the bottom rung and that's I think where this kind of comes in you know the it's it's not necessarily sexual. It becomes sexual, but it's not necessarily sexual when they start it's a out. Double entendre in this sense. Definitely, definitely a double entendre. So, again, if we look at the fashion, PJ's wearing a horizontal striped shirt, orange pants, and Josie's wearing that again that vertical thick striped polo shirt that we we're talking about with brown burnt Sierra pants. So they're kind of like um, complementing complementing each other in their in the way that they're dressed. PJ had her docs on too. Did she? Yeah, she has docs on. Yeah. So Um, then the next day they call to order their first fight club meeting and Hazel has procured a motley crew of girls for them. And the first thing PJ says is all the girls are ugly. Yep. (laughs) So right off the bat. Yes, which is funny because it's like it's like you know PJ is just as equally as shallow and judgmental as all the straight people are when it comes to them. Exactly, so. and her favorite show is Entourage. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, I've never seen an episode of Entourage, but that's besides the point. Um, so yeah, they do this fight club and they kind of get together and. PJ's like, oh, Huntington is coming after people. They're attacking people. Because that happens earlier in the movie. They like say that like a girl was attacked. Right. Carnival by a player from Huntington. Um, 
So that's the motive in this is like, they're going to, these girls think that PJ and Josie with their juvie knowledge are going to teach <laughs> them how to defend themselves against football players from Huntington. Exactly. And they both kind of slip into this good cop, bad cop kind of dual approach to, you know, PJ is like, we're, you know, we're going to kill him. And, and then, you know, Josie comes in and she's like, but we're also going to talk about our feelings and we're going to do this and we're going to approach it this way, you know? So it's a very like kind of balanced yeah. um, orientation, I guess you could say. Well, Josie's also really apprehensive about having this club. She doesn't want to, she knows that they're not qualified to do this and is very like against doing it. But the more that it goes on, the more Josie gets into it. Yeah, the more that she sees that she's starting to get respect from these girls because they want to know her story. Then she tells the story about the girl that tried to feed her rat poison. So she takes her outside. She took her outside and she punched her until she died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then well, she came back to life. But then she came back to life. So you basically killed someone. No. <laughs> she um, came back to life. She was revived. Then they. Then everyone's like, the first thing that they do that is, uh, we're going to teach you to throw a punch. Oh, and gosh. Josie's like, who am I going to punch? And PJ's like, you're going to punch me. And Josie punches PJ and breaks her nose. It's the best. It's so good how PJ just falls to the ground. <laughs> um, and as Later that happens, the one character is like, there better be a soup, like a, like a supervisor for this club. Yeah, we're going to get in trouble. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which then leads us to them asking Mr. G the careless teacher to be their supervisor. Yes. Um, um, then we get to the <clears throat> second meeting. Yes, but before we ask Mr. G, they're discussing the club and the and how we're characterizing it as a fight club. And Josie's still kind of like, no, we shouldn't be doing this. And then Isabel overhears what's happening. And she's like, you guys started a club. Oh right. And so then Josie's like, oh yeah, it's a we're it's to empower women. Mm-hmm. And so now it's kind of like a it, different goal. Yeah. Not necessarily a fight club, but it's a place where women can come and like essentially empower. Yeah. Yes. So now she's on board. <laughs> yes. Now Isabel's on board. And where Isabel goes, Brittany goes. Yes. So then they ask Mr. G and they go into this whole thing about because they don't really want him to show up so right. you could be our ally but being an ally i mean sometimes you don't show up for things don't come <laughs> the best way i think about being an ally is sometimes i just don't show up for the things i want to be an ally like josie's just like <laughs> digging in like right it's so good and then we get to the next the next party, meeting and everyone shows up including mr g and right. pj's going around and like being really like with a broom, like with a mop stick. Yeah. On and on and on about how you have to be on time. Club starts at 315, not 350, not, not, not 316. Definitely not 370, like whatever. <laughs> and she's just like going on and on. It's so funny. And then and it's I think it's important. I think it's important to note though, too, that Hazel is kind of steering the behind the scenes of these meetings because this next meeting not only are there more people that show up Stella Rebecca is there but also they've got gym equipment yeah they've got trampolines they've got yoga balls they've got big ass boxing gloves and they've got those little like sit and scoot things I forget what they're called 
scooters. But yeah, there's now we have props. Now we have bike club, bike club props. Which killed me because they never once fought on a mat. No. <laughs> a mat never went down. Not at all. Um, so then Isabel and Brittany walk in as PJ is doing this whole thing about being punctual and they're like, yeah, welcome. Come on in. Oh, oh my God. Like, oh, oh the demeanor okay. completely changes. I think that's important to note because, you know, we always talk on the timeline about how Bet has a Tina voice. And so as soon as Brittany and Isabel walk in, PJ is entirely like, oh, hey, how's it going? Whereas before she was just like, not 316, be on time. Yeah. And then someone is like, I thought you just said we had to be on time. And they're like, oh, for next week. Next <laughs> like, week. No, no, no. We meet for next week. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then they try throwing more punches again. <laughs> yeah. Well, they go around and they ask everybody, you know, what they're going to get out of the club. Oh, and right. So everybody just kind of says, you know, oh, I'm here for self-defense. I want to kill my stepdad. Mm. Um, <laughs> I want to get my stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just basically like, and then I don't remember what Isabel says. Isabel says something about wanting to, something. wanting to be empowered or yeah, something about being empowered and like having female friend. I don't know something, something nothing related to a self defense fight club, right? And and Brittany says, well, my identity is completely attached to hers, so that's why I'm here, and that's so tropey sorority girl popular girl like in real life like that's that hive mind yes and it they just perfected it we'll talk about this at the end actually because i i just had the thought of like i feel like almost every character is like from a different decade yeah because me britney's giving me like early aughts yeah rosie's giving me like 80s not early Mm, mid 90s mid 90s early mid 90s with the cross color big oversized polo and then like pj's giving like later 90s i feel like with like the more overalls the i wasn't alive we don't don't know but you know what i'm saying like i feel like there's a different everyone has like almost a different decade attached to them there's definitely a different vibe and then sylvie is very gen z this is like where i think the gen z is getting made fun of because sylvia is just screaming yes queen slay slay and like honestly that's what i hear when i see that on the timeline yeah 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 (laughs) true um what is the what's the girl who gets oh so like pj wants to like demonstrate with britney the the moves but britney it's not going to be britney it's the other girl i forgot her name though the Black Republican? Black Republican. Oh, fuck. I forgot her name. Hold on. Is it Annie? Annie. Maybe. Annie? I just had my little bookmarky thing up. Where'd it go? Um, but anyway, she gets up there and she's with... Um, she... Oh, yeah, Annie. And she gets up there with PJ and PJ just pushes her to the ground. And Mr. G's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We can't be doing this yeah and then Josie's like no 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 no! don't blow the whistle don't blow the whistle like it's women's empowerment this is how you could be a good ally yeah and then this is and this is how we're going to defend ourselves against Huntington exactly and then they start brawling is that they, they they start pushing like each a, other. they kind of go into like a montage then of them like no I think the montage is a little bit I'm missing later this. oh wait it jumps into it okay 
So one of the things that struck me was that Brittany, played by Kaya Gerber, is almost as tall as Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn Lynch was a fucking football player. Like, that girl is super tall. Now, yeah. I know that her mom was a supermodel back in the 90s. But yeah, she's amazingly tall. Um, gorgeous. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I was so ashamed, like, how attracted I was to her. <laughs> um, she's so young. Um, but she also dated Pete Davidson, so that's kind of gross. Anyways, Hazel comes home with bruises, and we see her mom for the first time. Yes, the icon from Succession. Yes, played by Dagmara Dominic Dominicic, I think is her last name. Mm-hmm. It's very Russian. Um, I thought this was interesting because she's the only parent we ever meet in this movie. Yes. And then we have our fight scene montage, which is probably my favorite scene in the movie. It's so good. It's great. Just a whole bunch of different things of them punching, just beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah, beating each other up. And both PJ and Josie are topped by their crushes. (laughs) PJ's face. (laughs) She's just looking up, like not caring what is happening. And Brittany says, Stop smiling. I'm kicking your ass. (laughs) That'd be me. It's so funny. Oh oh my gosh. I can't wait for people to see this movie. It's really hilarious. Did you feel like when you were watching the movie that, I mean, I was in the room and there was like, you could tell there was a bunch of queer people in theater with, I went, but there was also like some people that were not queer. Um, And I feel like I laughed at different parts of the movie sometimes that other people didn't laugh at because I found it so relatable or like so me and I was like the only one chuckling maybe I was like it wasn't like a loud chuckle like you know I, I, it wasn't, sure. some moments weren't getting as big of a laugh as other moments were from the whole audience so I was like right and I was like oh I, no one else thought that was funny and I'm sitting there like ha, ha, ha. so I don't know <laughs> I don't know if you felt that way like maybe you thought some parts were funnier than like the rest of the audience uh there wasn't a very big audience in my second view my first viewing there were quite a few people there but yesterday it was uh, two gay guys in front of me, two gay guys behind me, two gay girls in front of them, and then a gay girl in the back. So okay, it was like scattered uh, laughter, I guess. So what happens after our fighting montage? So our fighting montage goes into PJ and Josie are now walking down the hall and getting acknowledged, getting head nods from everybody. Finally, they're getting the respect from the classmates that they wanted all this time. And then Hazel recommends that rather than just doing the physical part of of engaging in this group, that we should really start to kind of get to know our members and be there for each other emotionally. And Hazel seems like she might be going through some shit. (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. And so basically kind of recommends like a more of a therapeutic type of setting, more of like a safe space kind of therapy session. Which I think is a great idea if the club, if PJ and Josie actually had the true intentions of the club, this would have been like, like, like that would have, it's like such a good idea for the club when you, the club outside of the selfish reasons that PJ and Josie have. Of course. Like, of course, circle. Let's get in a circle. Let's bond over our trauma. 
uh, at some point, PJ says, because I have written here a quote from PJ, it says, all women are hot to me. And I was like, yes, real. That is real. <laughs> so true. So true. I did, I did think it was funny when PJ was like, she's like, oh, I masturbate after every therapy session. <laughs> every therapy session. <laughs> God. So then we have our safe space circle. Yeah. And the first question is, who here's been R-worded? And like everybody kind of like stops, the record skips a little bit. But then Josie says, gray area counts and everybody raises their hand. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of the Me Too moment of the film uh-huh. where we recognize that everybody has a story like this. You know, not everybody was sexually assaulted, but at some point have been violated in some capacity, which I think is um, poignant. Um, not to interject here, but yeah. when I was in college, I went to the vagina monologues and I was with my female roommate and other people. And when at one point they asked, like, had anyone been assaulted? Like, if you feel comfortable to like stand up and like, or raise your hand or whatever. And then it was like, if you knew someone that had been raise your hand. And my one roommate, my roommate who I was with didn't raise her hand at all, which is great that you've never been like a soul or like whatever. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe, like, but at the, after the whole thing, she was like, I had no idea. Like I've never been assaulted or like, I don't know anyone who's been assaulted. And I'm like, what a privilege mm-hmm. and sheltered life that you have lived. And she did grow up very sheltered in a very like white, small town, like, um, and I was like, well, that's so interesting. Like, I was like, everyone else in this room raised their hand for one for one reason or another. And like, you didn't. And then you just confess. And like, and not that she confessed, but then told me like, you had no idea this was going on as bad as it was. Yeah. Shocked. Because you almost, as sad as it is, it's such a shared experience between women. Whether it even just be a cat call, like cat call, like anything, like just men being inappropriate or whatnot just men being fucking men exactly and i was like that's so interesting but anyway back back to the side side quest over (laughs) yeah so we just have like the the, i forget the blonde girl's name who has the stalker and she's talking about how you know she's got the stalker she's called the police what's that stella rebecca had the had the stalker oh is that oh is that who that was okay yeah. So yeah, so she's got the stalker, she's called the police, and then the, I think her stalker called the police on her or something. No, no, no. She she went to fill out the form, but they said you can't fill out the you have to call, but you can't do anything about it until the stalker threatens to kill you. Oh, t- till the stalker attempts to kill you, but the stalker has only said that he was gonna kill her, so it doesn't count. And she like had to fill out a form and the form said to call and the call said to fill out the form as well. <laughs> the normal just, runaround. Yeah, the normal runaround, which I think is also like a, a another kind of like, not like an homage, but like just another thing that w- women have to experience in order to be listened to or be heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sylvie with the weird stepdad story again. Um, And then let's talk about pretty privilege. (laughs) (laughs) So Brittany is upset that 
people only think that she's just popular and beautiful and they don't think that she's actually smart and super driven because she owns her own jewelry business. So she wants to be taken seriously. Well, she's sitting there in like short shorts with her like abs out. <laughs> but you know what? I, you know what? I can't say anything because there are some girls that are just like really pretty and no one takes them seriously. And no, that's, me, that's definitely true. Yeah. And like in Britney's in like in her character's defense also, like she says that she just lives in Isabel's shadow and you see it throughout the film and you know like we, people don't know that so Britney it's not that Britney's giving dumb blonde or anything people just don't know people just don't give Britney a space to be Britney and she just has pretty privilege <laughs> what do you want to say well, no, like I, I, I can't speak to pretty privilege because I don't have it. I can only attest to how I've observed it in action. Yeah, they I mean, lead, I don't have pretty privilege either. They lead completely different lives. <laughs> no, they could live such a naive life, in my opinion. So <clears throat> I hate to bring it back to a man, but I listened to um, this radio. I won't say his name. I listened to this famous radio uh host yes <laughs> and he's married to a model <laughs> and he's not very good looking at all oh. and he t he hears stories about when his wife was in high school and how she was sick and missed a couple of days of school and the principal came to her house to give her her homework <laughs> he goes that would never happen to anybody who was ugly. <laughs> no, it never would. Like you have no idea the things that your beauty has gotten you in life. <laughs> it's true. It's just interesting. But no, like I, I mean, I, Brittany, Brittany in this instance, I do feel empathy for her. Um, you know? Yeah. And then from Brittany, Hazel goes to start talking and PJ completely cuts Hazel off and goes, I think we need to get back to Brittany. And then Josie cuts PJ off. And then Josie goes into this very her juvie story. long, dark, twisted juvie story that gains the um, sympathy of Isabel right. and offers to hang out with Josie to study. Yes. But bringing it back to men again, Mr. G oh. then explains that he's going through a divorce and his quote is, men need therapy too. And PJ, PJ's face after he says it is just like, yeah, no fuck. Like, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> but here's the thing, and I think this that's what the, this movie recognizes is that if a female character said that, it would come off preachy. Whereas because he says it and given his history with his experience in football, I think it carries a, a little bit more weight for the yeah. message. That's fair. What's our next scene? Um, so Isabel wants to study with Josie for Mr. G's women murdered in history exam. But before that, Hazel comes home. Oh, yes. 
Hazel comes home to find her mom banging Jeff. And for the first time, we see him out of his uniform. And just a jock strap. But still wearing his pads and his jock strap, yes. <laughs> Which is wild. Yeah. And then after that, it cuts to the fundraiser that the club is putting on. Uh, the car wash. Yes, the car wash. Not Yeah, that has Stella Rebecca who's a model posing on a car for, for money. And it's a Isabel, Corvette. It's an old Corvette. It's an old Corvette. And Isabel is selling her used underwear. <laughs> and it's completely normalized. Like exploiting women is completely normalized because this town exploits women. And I think that's another funny thing that this plays on is like, it's making fun of the, like it's making fun of. It's a parody. Yeah, it's just so good. It's just so good. <laughs> it's taking um, advantage of of the of how women are pigeonholed in society and yeah. using it to their advantage for that. Exactly. Yes. Um so Hazel is like moaning and groaning and PJ and Josie are talking. Finally like Hazel, what's going on? And Hazel like very like doesn't know jeff's name and is like the guy the guy who with the yeah. balls the guy who just and then they're like oh jeff and then um and then she I thought that was your safe word that oh, <laughs> was his name and then uh and then hazel says that jeff was sleeping with she caught jeff with her mom and then pj's like josie what are you gonna do are you gonna tell isabel and josie's like no 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 i'm not gonna i don't know i'm not gonna do it Cut to Isabel and Josie on their hangout at this cute little old-fashioned diner, having cute little strawberry milkshakes again. We have no idea what decade, what time frame this is. It's great. No, but it's got twisty straws. It does have twisty straws. I wanted one. <laughs> um, the hangout seems to be going really well. Uh, Isabel's like opening up to Josie, says how like her story about Juvie like really meant something to her and all this stuff. And uh, Josie seems like she's about to say the truth that she didn't go to juvie, or, go to juvie. and then and basically ends up saying I know Jeff is cheating on you and completely ruins the moment yeah and then from there we cut to the next day in the cafeteria where Isabel is storming into the cafeteria to break up with Jeff right but at the lunch line, Tim notices that the lunch lady has served Jeff pineapple. And Jeff can't have pineapple. He's Jeff allergic. is allergic to pineapple. Yes. And they <laughs> throw the fruit cup at this poor boy in the cafeteria. And he then is like, I've had enough and decides that he's going to blow up the school. <laughs> Which again, <laughs> the it's like that joke. I think hits more with Americans because of the society we live in. And we're like, have good dark humor with like the tragedies that we've had in this country. Um, so I thought it was very funny because it's like, like, you know, the stereotypical Columbine looking kid. Yeah, he's a goth kid for sure. Um, and he literally is like, <clears throat> it's it's the fruit cup that pushed him over the edge. Getting <laughs> the fruit cup, and he's like, I'm fucking done with this place. Um, so that's funny. Yes. Uh, and then Isabel storms the cafeteria and goes to the to the table, which makes it look like the Last Supper. The football players are sitting <laughs> in a very Last Supper-esque. Very long table. 
but the, they have the Michelangelo, they have a fake, like the depiction of God creation is like football with another hand in the behind Jeff. Did you notice that? You notice that. Oh, in the behind Jeff, when he's sitting at the table, it's like a recreation of like Michelangelo's like creative, like <laughs> famous touching um, is behind them. And Isabel confronts him about cheating. He basically proves that he's a douche and she breaks up with him. Hazel jumps in and basically like presses him on it. And he gives, essentially like gives himself the rope to hang himself with when he says, shut up nerd, I fucked your mom. Exactly. So now we're trying to decide what to do about Jeff. Yes, we are. And Hazel says, why don't we blow up his car? And PJ's like, yeah, Hazel, like, terrorism's a great idea. Cut to them all in a van in the dead of night going yeah, to... Yeah, an old, an old Chevy model van. In this scene, though, when they do the wide shot of the van, you could kind of see a license plate, and to me, it looks like a, a New York license plate. So I was like, oh, maybe this takes place somewhere in, like, not that it has to take place anywhere, but I was like, oh, maybe it is, like, New York State. <sighs> So we see that Jeff lives in a huge mansion. Yes. And he definitely strikes me as like one of those guys that you'd see in like salmon shorts and a pop collar white polo with boat shoes. Sweater he drives a tra- What's that? Sweater tied around his neck. Definitely. Yeah. He, he definitely takes the boat out on the weekends. Um <laughs> after he drives his Trans Am to the, the dock. Yeah. So yeah, it's an old model Trans Am. I think I'm pretty sure it's a Trans Am. It looked like a Trans Am to me. I'm it's not like a car, a- I'm not a car girl, but that's what it looked like. Um, which is kind of like the the stereotypical muscle head muscle car. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, and that's a very like 80s trope is the Trans Am. Yeah. So, Speaking of the 80s, we get the needle drop on Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm-hmm. And he is like a, it's like a cassette or an eight track. Yeah, it's a Walkman. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. It's a Walkman and it's, and it's very specific because I think he's got the yellow headphones. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's the yellow Sony Sport Walkman that was very popular in the 80s. I actually Googled it, looked it up. They sell like like retro ones right now for like 200 something bucks like the throwbacks i wouldn't pay that much for a tape deck i'm sorry no especially when you can't really get tapes <laughs> i mean i went to like a record store the other day and they were selling them for like a dollar but i mean i actually still have tapes they're somewhere either at my dad's house maybe in a storage i don't know my first tape want to know what it was what, what was it Mbop by hansen it was a single on a cassette. I don't even want to tell you how old I was when that song came out. <laughs> I remember going to FYE to get it. FYE. Oh, those were the days. Yeah. So then we're egging and we're TPing Jeff's house. And because Jeff's got the earphones in, he can't hear what's happening outside. And it did you ever egg or toilet paper anyone's house when you were growing up? never that thing out there really no it's a it's a thing i just never did it i i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't into crime 
but we have mischief. So we call it mischief night in New Jersey, which is like the only place in the world, like in the country that calls it mischief night. Um, and that's what you do the night before Halloween is you go out and egg and toilet paper TP people's houses. So I've seen it done and I see it done every year, but I was not cool enough or wanted to go out and destroy someone else's property. That's so funny. So I only ever egged one girl's car. <laughs> um, she was being mean to my friend, so I had to teach her a lesson. Uh, but I have toilet papered numerous times. I think the last time I toilet papered anybody's car, I was in law school, uh, the car at the house. I was in law school and it was, I was working for um, Hustler Hollywood at the time. It's a, it's a retail store, but they sell like movies and sex toys and stuff. And two of my assistant managers at the time they were dating, they lived together and they just moved into a house. So me and another coworker went and toilet papered the house. And wow. that was a lot of fun. That was the last time I did that. That was so long ago. <laughs> um, again. Um, so we have the girls. Oh, yeah. We have the girls toilet papering and egging. We have Hazel trying to put the bomb underneath the car and then tell us where Josie and Isabel are. Josie and Isabel are in the front seat of the van, bonding, canoodling, being gay in the front seat of the car. What do we find out about Isabel? Oh, Isabel says that like she kind of misses Jeff because she misses when he'd like play with her hair and be like, shiny, shiny. <laughs> Something stupid <laughs> like that. Oh my god. Uh, He's a moron. He really is. And she's a moron for liking him. <laughs> and then we learn that Isabel's love language is when people use raised voices and violence on her behalf. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She likes to be yelled at. And <laughs> God. When people defend her, she likes that. People defend her. Yes. It's very attractive to her. Yeah. So, you know, pretty girls just want to be protected. Right. I guess so. <laughs> that is true. I actually did know a woman who like so anti-feminism. She like didn't mind getting cat called because she said it gave her confidence. I mean, that's that could that could be reverse feminism that you're using it to your advantage. You that's know I mean? true. Yeah, I guess there's other things, but we won't get into it. But uh, yeah. Well. She said there was too many toys for girls and not enough for boys. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> so Hazel puts the bomb under the car and I think mm -hmm. she had to do like 15 minutes and she accidentally does like 15 seconds. Yeah, 15 seconds. So she's got to get out from under the car. She hits her head really hard on the way. Um, Start running to the van. And Josie and Isabel are having a moment. Uh -huh. And that moment is them leaning in closer and closer and closer. Do they get there? I don't remember. They don't. They don't. Because no, I didn't the think so. Explosion before. interrupts that first kiss. Yeah. And then they all huddle back into the van. And they drive off and they have to do like a K turn. <laughs> it's so funny. 
three-point turnabout yeah like a weird three-point turn and then they skedaddle away yeah so the next day at school tim confronts josie and wants the club shut down because well, he knows it was been, and he's been doing research on them because he caught yeah. he caught them doing a fight club and he's like this is taking away from the football team and he did research to see if they went to juvie and he couldn't get them he couldn't get a record of them in juvie so he knows they never went to juvie right and then he says that their little club is taking away from the football team and pj's like i don't think it is like there's literally a picture and then she holds up a picture of jeff in like a jock strap with his junk out being like football on the wall of the school exactly like it's like you know there's like a bunch of signs too in the background that basically say like we only care about football and it's I, I, it's like get horny one of them said get horny yeah it did but i mean even at the carnival it was like go like something about the book, like the caption underneath the carnival sign was like because all we care about is football there was like something yeah. so there's like little secret like hidden messages everywhere that i thought was funny um right. yeah so tim basically is like i know what you did i was watching you uh jeff needed a new car anyway so after that interaction pj and josie get the gang together and they're talking in the gym about how tim knows and like tim and jeff can get the principal like on their side because he's just going to believe everything that the football players say anyway right decide to like against like pj is like really upset about it josie like like pj is more more upset than josie about the fact of like shutting down the club um but all the girls are like no like we have each other still though like we have our female empowerment like we feel good like it like we'll just be happy that it happened and pj is so pissed off that like she yells at hazel and they get into a whole thing about how you know hazel's like well you know i basically ran this club for you um like yells about how like they you know what else did hazel say and then like pj's like you have no friends but says it in front of all her friends and right and hazel's basically like well you're a liar mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah she doesn't exactly say what they're lying about but she's like you're right. a liar and then she runs away and josie goes after her and um him goes after her to confront or to comfort her essentially yeah because now that hazel's kind of persona non grata with pj tim knows that he can get in there and yeah really do some damage so Um, then and then and then we cut to josie and isabel in josie's bedroom and they're just like talking and like Isabel holds up one of those like a, a hoodie and it's like my mom said I can <laughs> wear these because like they don't like they hide your figure they and make it, you look ugly they make you look ugly and Josie's like well you could borrow it anytime you want Josie putting the clown lamp away was so funny um and then like um and then we see that PJ has infiltrated Brittany's little princess lair Yes, and like it's, I love that bedroom is giving like Marissa Cooper the OC. It's giving early two K girl. Um, and so like oh, and I like hate it because like PJ and Brittany had such a cute little like flirt on the bed. Oh my god, it was so good. It was it was really good. It was really. It was good. like I dream of that. Like that's what I like. Ugh. <laughs> ladies that and gentlemen if you could see fran right now <laughs> sorry my mind went elsewhere 
such a little daydreamer, our little friend, friend. Yeah, I live in Delulu land. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, there's definitely some heavy flirting going on. They're talking about uh, PJ's talking about how delicate and dainty um, Brittany's wrists are. Is is that pen heavy? She's taking notes and and Brittany says she's just distracted by how much surface area that PJ's wrists have and can she see where she's writing like it's just it's really good like but it's one of those things where it's like okay if it's a straight girl like what are you doing <laughs> I know but they really get you for a few seconds that it's like our thing like you know yeah. it's straight, but they do get you for a few seconds for sure for sure and it's like so really, and then PJ leans in and kisses Brittany. And Brittany, but Brittany doesn't freak out, which I Brittany think doesn't freak out, which is, is beautiful. Yeah, she's just like, oh, sorry, I'm not straight. Sorry if I gave you mixed signals. Yeah. I think it's great. And then PJ apologizes. Yep. And said she shouldn't have assumed. It was very and... maturely done. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, continued studying. Like PJ didn't like run away and leave, right? Yes, exactly. So well done. Um, but meanwhile, you know, on the other side, Josie and Isabel are getting it on. <laughs> yeah. Josie, I, I think that's like, I think that's like really, not that it's like really important, but I think it's really cool that like Josie's character was the one that got what she kind of wanted out of it. I think it's kind of cool that it wasn't a discussion about whether or not Isabel was bisexual or straight. Yeah. I think it's just when you just kind of let things happen, it's kind of like um, how they handled it in Dead to Me when one of the characters started dating a woman and the other character just didn't even, like it wasn't even brought up. It was just like, oh, she's kind of teasing her about just just the way that you tease someone about someone you like like it was it had nothing to do with gender it had nothing to do with the the sex of the other person so i think that that's really how media should be handling sexuality these days yeah is like so many straight people are like can we just like not like why does it have to be why do you have to be gay like why does it have to be that it doesn't like we could just like not talk about it and it just is yeah you like, know that's just the best like way to handle it and it also yeah. kind of relieviates people from feeling like they have to have a label. Like you could just like people. You could just have a connection with someone. Right. It doesn't right. it doesn't have to be this huge deal that you are, you know, you dated a man and no one should have to come out anymore. It should just be, it should just be. Yes. Everyone exactly. should just be. That would be great. Yes. <clears throat> so now that fight club is over. Uh um, get to the pep rally. Yes, we get to the pep rally. And Tim uses this as a time to expose the fight club for what it really is. Mm -hmm. Since, um, and he also used Hazel to get information, the truth about PJ and Josie. So now the whole school knows that they did not go to juvie and that the fight club was really to get laid by their crushes. Right. Before we get there, though, let's talk about the cheerleading routine or lack thereof. <laughs> It was just giving Jennifer Beals and flash dance. He literally it just, truly is. They just pour water, like the cheerleaders come out, shake their butts, and they just pour water on Stella Rebecca as she there's, just down. There's not even like a dance. There's no routine. No. It's just they literally like 
just a wet t-shirt contest. They they start facing away from the audience. They turn around real cute like and then they open two water bottles and pour them on Stella Rebecca. That's it. Yeah. It just it's girls gone wild and that's it. <laughs> um, well, there is. Yes. And then Tim does his little spiel and then says, Well, Hazel, come on down. You're gonna fight the main boxer of the school. Enter the guy in the cave that we saw from before. Yes, Tucker. Yes. And Hazel thought that she was going to fight PJ and is now shocked that she has to take on the strongest, biggest guy at school. Right. And she gets a few good punches in. She does get a few good hits in. I love that, that they just didn't like make her, you know, submit to him because she did put up a very good fight. Um. But yeah, then we find out that Josie and PJ didn't go to juvie um, and started the fight club to get laid and not to empower women. So now Isabel's next to Josie and Isabel's like, what the fuck? And yeah. So Hazel gets the shit beat out of her. Yes. And then the pep rally ends and everyone from the club basically yells at pj and josie everyone's and, disappointed in them yeah they thought it even missed even mr g who now no longer <laughs> believes in women <laughs> no longer an ally but, but mr g like goes on and it brings some personal shit into his explanation <laughs> from his divorce yeah um we find out that she left him for some motherfucker named tony <laughs> and then they created a fight club to get some coochie and for what <laughs> oh man um i love when he's like you don't even know what to do with it yeah you don't even know what to do with it. you don't know about caressing the back of the neck <laughs> it's great so then so then pj and josie end up fighting about hazel they're blaming each other i think what they're not understanding is that both of them are to blame. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate that PJ didn't get laid. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then PJ stumps off. What's um what's the name of the song that plays? I have it in my head, but I don't I forgot the name oh, of it. Oh, it's the needle drop on complicated, and it's a like a almost like the full song montage. It, it is. I was I the second complicated. I saw the movie. I was like, wow, this really is like almost the full song. And it's such a great song. It's it, it my childhood right there in a song. And it's a great montage of everyone. Like yeah. they, basically they're now doing a David Fincher club and they're all at Hazel's house taking care of her, except Jos like not Josie and PJ, but like all the girls. Right. All the girls from the club are there. It's PJ a movie night. By herself at school. You know, everyone's Isabel goes back to Jeff. Brittany's annoyed because now like she kind of, I think with, with Isabel, not with Jeff, Brittany kind of had more of her best friend and like had, you know, more of an individuality type of thing. But now that Isabel's back with Jeff, Brittany's like, oh, I guess I'm just following a couple around again. Right. And, and so Josie's got basically like Josie and PJ are now walking through the hall. It's like, it's like the walk of shame again. Mm -hmm. And she gets to the lockers and now it's horny freak number one and horny freak number two. And the janitor, and even will, the not, janitor. The janitor <laughs> will not paint over it for them. He is not no this time. 
everybody has turned against them. They are persona non grata for sure. Yes. Um, and then the last part of the montage is Josie like kicking a can down a dirt road. Um, and she's actually, she mentions this at the beginning of the movie to Isabel, not the beginning, but she mentions it to Isabel that her and PJ met because they had the same babysitter growing up. Babysitter, yeah. Roads. Like Roads, yeah. And Josie is um, going to go. So Josie basically goes and see Roads. And that's how like the montage ends with Josie seeing her because Josie sees her as a mentor where I think Rhodes could care less about being her mentor. It's kind of funny. Um, Josie, gay Yoda. Yeah. She does not want to be the gay Yoda. No, Josie sees her as like such a mentor and like such like an older, wiser lesbian. And like, it's just so funny that how like deeply Josie thinks about it. And like Rhodes is like, I don't give a fuck. Like, like man up Josie. Like, like, <laughs> Well, she's basically saying again what the what the whole theme the whole throughout the whole movie is is you know when I was younger I was just hated for being gay mm-hmm. now you're hated for being gay and untalented so it's just like you know the needles move now it's more normalized we just hate you for different things yeah um, she does drop the big bomb that you know kind of brings us into the end of the movie then you know changes our focus is that uh Josie mentions the game against Huntington it's finally coming up and Rhodes is like oh my god like 20 like every every time we play Huntington like they want to kill a Rockbridge football player and so um and she goes through the examples like from out the years how like they've killed players in the past so now we now now we're definitely going bonkers here with this storyline right it's a 50-year rivalry that she's gonna go inside and lock her doors tonight during the game yeah so um, with that, it's <clears throat> like, I need to get the gang back together again, and I need to save the football team, the football team. Um, which then brings us to PJ pulling up to the game in her car and Josie knocking on the window and them talking about it and basically reconciling and Josie pulling the whole like heart, they have heart necklaces and like pulling out the heart necklace. And it's like, no, we need to like, we're in this together type of thing. And then yeah it's so funny about that like bff necklace i had one of those with my best my my first girlfriend back in high school i kind of i want a bff necklace i need to get one anyway so pj apologizes to hazel um the initial apology is mid not good enough she continues to apologize for being an asshole all the time. Um, and then they kind of point out that nobody is in the stands for Huntington. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, Brittany tells PJ in her dreams and that when you sleep, it should be like total darkness. Yeah. So Isabel and Brittany are not on board with helping them save the football team just yet. Um, so they can't get it. So then they want Hazel to like create a bomb for a distraction. But Hazel mm-hmm. does basically the opposite that she did with Jeff's car and crosses a wire or two and the bomb doesn't go off the way she intended. So right. um, they need to find another distraction. So PJ and Hazel start making out in the stand. Everyone <laughs> turns and focuses on them for it just gets wacky it gets so wacky and then finally my favorite though is like i don't know if like i feel like 
I don't feel like a lot of people get it, but like there's this old man in the crowd and it cuts to him and he's like, stop with this gay shit. I want to watch some real American slapping ass football or something just like something talking about how gay football is when you right. really think about it. And it's such a funny like man on man action. Yeah, the man on man. It's so funny to like, he's like, stop with the gay shit. I'm not some all American man on man shit. Like, um, so then the football game starts Josie no Josie finds the juice before the football game starts right now it's just like the cheerleaders getting everybody amped okay um the Viking oh yeah that's right the the mascot is the Vikings so the the Viking football team comes out I only remember that because my high school mascot was the Vikings um but what we find out after PJ and Hazel are making out is that Brittany is straight Oh yeah, but likes gay porn. Yes, and Stella Rebecca is gay. And Stella Rebecca is gay. <laughs> oh man! So Josie finds out that the the way that Huntington is going to kill one of the players, aka Jeff, is that they've put pineapple like they've they they, they have pineapple juice somewhere. They don't exactly know where the pineapple juice is, but Annie comes up because Annie's the smartest one out of all of them, even though she's a black Republican comes out and think and says oh my god it's going to be in the sprinkler then they said like with that the game kind of kicks off and like yes. the rock, rock bridge football players enter the field well they charge the field to save jeff and josie carries jeff off the field while the other players are walking up yes and then basically fight club team fights the other team <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the so fight club starts fighting the huntington football players to the death <clears throat> i mean we got sylvie killing someone with the viking sword we yeah drop kicks it's the most unbelievable fight scene it's, you could ever imagine it it's is- helmet swinging it's britney saving pj it's um josie saving jeff um just an outrageous like rumble it's a rumble it is what it is it's fantastic <laughs> it was shot beautifully it was, it was like, so a like a dance it was great <laughs> um josie gets a great last kick in at the end um and then the sprinklers go off and tim jeff's right hand man and it's like you know lover basically right realizes that it's pineapple juice realizes pineapple juice and that these girls save jeff's life also when josie puts jeff down on the sideline she tops him she drops him but like also falls on top of him and like all like movies like mostly it's like the guy dropping the girl after saving her and then like kissing her you know this is josie dropping jeff but jeff thinks that josie wants to kiss him and josie's like nope 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 we're gonna but not that (laughs) high Yeah, it's it's funny that Josie tops him when that happens. Yeah. Um and then yeah, so like all like so they so all So then Tim does the slow clap. Yep. And then they kind of like face the crowd and the crowd like, doesn't know how to react. Yeah, so it's like it's like basically like all the fight club members are standing on the field amidst all of these dead bodies. Because everybody's bloody. Everybody is bleeding from some sort of orifice. And um then they realize, you know, they start the slow clap, they start to cheer for everyone. 
and PJ and Josie, they hug it out. They talk about killing a lot of guys. They'll process it later. <laughs> it's just just so absurd. So absurd. Um, great camera angled moment <clears throat> with Isabel and Josie come to Yes. They talk and, about their themselves a little bit, about their relationship, about everything that's gone on. And well, they, Isabel tells Josie she didn't have to start a fight club. She could have just talked to her. Isn't that great advice? That's great <laughs> advice. Who would have thought? Who would have thought all you have to do is talk to your crush? Who would have thought all you have to do is be honest? Who would have thought it's so easy? Not me. Surely not me. That No, I would never have came up with that solution. Never a day in my life would I have come up with that solution. Isabel's crazy. Craziness. I'm with Josie. Long game. 20 years. White suit. Have you ever just have you ever just like talked to your crush? Have you ever like well, I know you're recently out, so you probably didn't in high school. Did you have crushes on women in high school? Not that I like recognized. Like I probably did, but I didn't recognize that like I knew I didn't recognize the fact that I was like having a crush. Looking back now, I definitely did, but in the moment, no. Okay. I didn't have a lot of female friends growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Oh. I really, I got friends like in middle school. I, I'm going to be very honest. I didn't really have a lot of close friends up until like middle school. Okay. I was too weird. No one wanted to be my friend. All I wanted to do was talk Aww. about TV shows and sit on message boards and like, I don't know. Cause I wasn't a girly girl. I wasn't a girl. Like I wasn't a girly girl. I was like overweight. I didn't fit in with like all the girls that like had blonde hair and like, liked pink and glitter like I wasn't like that like to me like that was and I was awkward <clears throat> and comfortable and I didn't carry a purse to school like I didn't care about that so like I was othered because like girls like I didn't fit in with the other girls and I had some friends but like those girls oh like the people the people that I were friends with always ended up going off with the other girls because they always had more in common with them so it's like I had people that were like nice to me and I had friends, but I didn't have like a lot of close friends. Like I did not have a best friend until middle school. I had no one that I considered a oh, best wow. friend okay. because like I just, no one got me. And the girl that became my first best friend is gay and is engaged to her girlfriend, like is now engaged and like getting married. And like, so I think that's really funny looking back that like I didn't get a best friend until I found someone who was also like me. <laughs> she came out in high school much sooner like than I did um but I now I think now thinking back on that I was like wow like I didn't find a best friend until I found someone who was gay even if we so basically what you're saying talk to your crush <laughs> basically is that what you're telling me <laughs> oh god I don't have one of those I don't know what <laughs> none that of is. us have crushes come on I miss I miss having a crush I know what a great time that crush in a long time, but my last crush was on a straight girl, so that's <laughs> unfortunate. So the movie ends with Isabel and Josie kissing, and it's great. Very happy for them. Um, and then the bomb finally goes off, and everyone cheers. Yes, the bomb goes off. So we we have um. I think it's really funny because we have like this slow pan out of the field 
as you know Josie and Isabel are making out and then the bomb goes off and it just kind of like brings it all back into reality into focus um I did want to say so the first time I saw this movie was was a couple weekends ago I told you right yeah I did Bottomheimer I didn't go see Barbie I hadn't seen Oppenheimer yet so I saw Bottoms on a Friday and then I saw Oppenheimer on a Sunday so I did Bottomheimer very surprised that there were more bombs in Bottoms than there was in Oppenheimer (laughs) (laughs) very surprised about that but yeah so then we cut to the um the credits and we have a blooper reel for the credits which I think film needs to bring back I do appreciate these in comedies because it makes the movie sometimes the okay the hangover everybody loved the hangover everybody said wonderful things about the hangover when I finally saw it I was so disappointed because it did not live up to the hype but the credits where they Uh show the pictures the undeveloped pictures from their their night in Vegas that was the funniest part of the movie and I think that 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 outtakes and bloopers are definitely like a way to end a decent comedy movie oh no it's my absolute favorite I love that they did like all the <clears> outtakes <throat> of all the jokes and like how other jokes could have been like um with Mr. G doing um yes. his different lines Tim and Jeff doing their different lines with the lunch lady um yes who else uh I think Josie had a few Brittany had had a couple at the carnival yeah um yeah and I think a lot of that I'm wondering if some of this stuff was improv yeah so uh, they did I remember seeing some stuff online that a lot of the stuff was improv and that um uh, Io did a lot of like improv improv with her um monologues like the rambling is like yeah the the rambling is totally is totally improv yeah 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 has to be so has to be yeah great movie i gave it four stars i know you gave it five stars i gave it four stars because it was a little too over the top to be a five-star movie but i do really hope that this movie takes off and is remembered for being a funny teen movie not a gay teen movie just a funny teen movie period I, I gave it five stars because I was just so highly entertained. And I think like my five-star rating is like different than like some other people, like some people, like you really rate movies like on like, like on a spectrum of like things where like me, it's like, if I'm giving something five stars, it's because I had fun. I had so much fun. Like, it's just a fun thing. Like I gave like, yeah, it's just because it's like fun. Like I gave Puss in Boots five stars because I was living my best life watching Puss in Boots. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like, um, and then like sometimes I'm watching a movie and I'm like really critical and I'm like, oh no, this gets three and a half stars because of whatever reason. But oh, if I'm really critical of a movie, it does not get three and a half stars. Well, no, but like when I'm really <laughs> thinking, like when I'm really thinking about a rating, like it, to get a five-star rating for me, I have to like, it's because I had the time of my like watching it. Mm-hmm. It's not because like, oh, it it deserves five stars, actually. It's because I had the time of my life watching it and I like thought it was so fun. Gotcha. Mostly everything gets four and a half stars. Yeah. Hey, if you guys are on Letterboxd, uh, please let us know in the comments to the show tweet that Fran is going to send out to this because yeah. I would love to follow you and 
see if you guys, I, I love reading other people's reviews. Yeah. I think those are fun. Do you like my non-serious reviews where I'm like, hot woman? <laughs> or I'm like, it's never a serious. Sometimes I give a good serious review. And then sometimes I'm just writing my thoughts. Uh, I, I think the majority of mine are probably a little more in depth, but like I, there's from time to time, like I'll have like super fun. Like mm. that's just it, like, that's my review. like super fun or like, if I just think of something during while I'm watching the movie and I think of something that I think is pertinent to a review, I'll, I'll just write that down. I normally know within the first 10 minutes of a movie, what I'm reading it. First 10 minutes. Yes. That's I'm normally never wrong for my reading system. Hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I know going right in first 10 minutes. I know exactly how I'm going to read the movie. I I don't know. Like if there's a, if there's a good plot twist. Um, well, good. You know, plot, can... Well, yeah, then that, 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 that's the exception. It's going to skyrocket, but <laughs> like, don't worry, darling. I was like, I went in thinking it was one thing. And then have you seen Don't Worry, Darling? Mm -hmm. And then like when the twist happens, I was like, I was like, this is five stars. This was some, like it blew my mind. <laughs> like, that's what happens. Like if I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, like I verb, like, oh, blows, blew my mind. I was like, no, five stars. Like you got me. Like if you could get me. What movie did I, Arrival. Mm -hmm. Arrival just did that to me just recently. Oh, I love when it's a gotcha moment. Even I was just rewatching all the saws. And I remember the thing that I remember about the saws that I've watched was I remember the traps, but I don't remember the backstory. And let me tell you, the twist and turns in Saw, genius, genius. These movies do not get enough hype for the backstory in the world that they built. I was blown away by like how- I do remember the first one being decent. I think I could only handle like two though. I don't know why. I've always been really good with gore. I don't know why. I mean, I'm not like against it. It's just. Yeah. I need more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. But yeah, if you're on Letterboxd, let us know. Yes, People please. follow you. Um, I know I tweet out my letterbox every once in a while and I always get a few new followers, um, which is yeah. funny because no one's Twitter handles really match their letterbox. So mm -hmm. I, honest, I have, I have people on letterbox and I have no idea who they are. Couldn't tell you who they are. I just know that I have them because you oh, follow me on Twitter and like, no one has like a photo. Like, I don't know. To me, you're like that photo of Laurel, that photo of Jennifer, like <laughs> that woman, that, right, that actress, right. yeah, you know, so. Right. Um, but I even on Instagram, like people have followed me from the fandom on Instagram. And it's like, if it's not someone that I talk to, like text with daily, I have yeah. no idea who you are on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I know this person's from the fandom, but I don't know who you are. Right. Well, I don't, I've never tweeted out a photo of myself in the fandom. But if you go to my Twitter profile, you can access my letterbox from there. And that is me on my letterbox <laughs> profile photo, which is funny. So, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, thanks for uh, inviting me to do this. This was really fun. Um, Thank you for coming uh, and talking about bottoms. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to come back anytime. I don't know if your listeners will want me back, but you know, it was a lot well, of fun for me. I always enjoy our conversations. I think it's like fun when I have like 
And I think that's what I want to do. I want to have different people on because I think I have different types of conversations with different people. Like you and I mean, you and I could shoot the shit too and like just ramble probably for two hours and it could probably be like a roast about me. Uh, and that'd be funny. It have to go there. No, it doesn't. But I'm saying like we could like we, we have a very wide spectrum. Like you and I could like talk about really anything. And then you could also roast me or we could have a very like structured conversation like this. I feel like you want to be roasted. This is like the second time that I've come on this podcast where you have mentioned a roast of you. And quite frankly, I don't think you're ready for it. No, I'm absolutely not. I don't know why I keep bringing it up. I think it's because I'm just so used to being bullied. I'm just ready for the mean things to come at me. I'm always assuming. So I literally went to the dentist the other day to pay a dental to pay a dental bill, and I just assumed the high, like the woman behind the counter was going to yell at me for it being late. And Celine was like, "Why would you assume that she's going to yell at you?" I said, "Because I just assume everyone's going to yell at me." So I just assume <laughs> this is so bad. I need to have a talk with Tony. <laughs> My mom messed me. I just like assume it's always going to be negative, but I I don't know. I think. I think if I could, I think because I could laugh at myself and most of the things that people will say to me, I know are true because it's probably something that I already thought or know about myself. So I think like as much as I probably wouldn't be able to handle it, I think I also would like be like, no, that's true. I'd be like, you have a point. You have a point. Because I know I'm ridiculous. I know I'm dramatic. But yeah. But I like when we could like talk about a movie like this and I think you and I could both come to like have a really good conversation about a movie because we could like pull out the themes and the, you know, we we watch movies in a similar fashion. And I think like- I watch too many movies. Yeah. I've watched 76 movies this year. Oh my God. Yeah. And I've watched, 17, I've watched 17 seasons of television. I've definitely watched more movies in television this year, but I- I'm embarrassed by how many movies I watched. It's so much more than you. <laughs> well, you watch like a movie a day. I've watched like five movies in one day. I know, but you you have your lifestyle allows for that. It does. Don't be I fooled, don't... you guys. I work from home. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like you work, you work, but like you're working from home. Like for me, like it's hard for me to like, I'm not when I'm in the office, like I could throw something on, but like I'm gonna get it's gonna be paused nonstop. Like it's right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could sometimes sure. get through an episode of TV sometimes, but for the most part, I just watch like YouTube videos or listen to podcasts because I get interrupted too much. So when I'm home though, when I work from home, I'll throw on a movie. Yeah. This turned into like a two hour conversation, didn't it? It did, but it's fine. But okay. So thank you everyone for joining us. <laughs> this is all things podcasts. Um, we love an abrupt ending here on the podcast. Um, and tune in next week for something that i don't know yet yeah if you hung on for this long holy shit thank you so much yeah really i i am really curious if you did last this long i feel like it's good i i'm i'm voting i feel like courtney will last this long courtney if you're listening we love you courtney thank you for i feel like you'll stick it out but yeah but yeah so thanks for joining us stay tuned for what's coming up and uh thanks for listening <laughs>